Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. What does Paul call this group? A ragtag group? I'm glad you all are here. <laughs> um, really, I mean, Jesus gets all the glory for what I'm about to share tonight. I feel like I'm just up here giving credit to where credit's due. So, and really, I mean, you all can share your testimonies. I've, you all are qualified. I mean, it doesn't need to be in a formal situation like this where one person has a mic facing a group of people. You guys can share your testimony tomorrow when you're at work with the people around you. I mean, I mean, just be encouraged to give credit to where it's due. I mean, we should be unashamed to share about who Jesus is to us and what he's capable of doing. I mean, we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, check. And the word of our testimony. So just be encouraged to um, be unashamed in speaking about who Jesus is. So anyway, um, so I'm going to start with um, ask to have you guys ask yourselves this. Um, what is it that you have been seeking first lately? What um, do you turn to when you want to feel a sense of joy? Or what do you turn to when you want a good laugh? Or what is your default, your um, your automatic choice for a sense of intimacy or um, for security or for affection or for companionship? Where do you uh, turn to first? Um, how about when you think of your best relationship? What would you say that that is? Um, I know for me, for the vast majority of my life, Jesus was not the answer to any of those questions until I came um, to the verse Matthew 6.33, and this is the foundation of my testimony, so I would encourage you all to go there, please, if you have your Bibles. I know there's Bibles up by the window there. Stephen can pass them out if people need to. Matthew 6, please. 6.33. There you go. We got a chant going. Okay. Ready, set, hike. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, Matt, I'll wait till you guys, or until the rest of you turn there. I'll just um, read what the verse says. Matthew 6.33. Um, is when Jesus is commanding us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So what's that? Right, exactly. So um, let's zoom out a little bit and read the section that um, surrounds this verse so we get a better idea of what Jesus is talking about. So do you want to read the first, let's say, four verses? Karis, you got revival on you? Yeah, Matthew 6. Oh, I'm sorry. Start with 25. My bad. In the do not worry section. I was thinking 25. Yeah. You can read 25 through 26, Karis. You can read 27 through 30. And then um, let's see. Who else has the Bible on? I mean, anybody want to read back there? Okay. 31 through 32, and then um, we all can read 33 just to the end. Okay, so start us off. Verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, 
do you no. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Sweet, thank you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, to answer your question, I mean, Jesus is alluding to all the different things that vie for our attention and fight for our thoughts and try to distract us because these exist in our day-to-day lives. Um, But Jesus calls them out and says the pagans try to strive to attain these things on their own, but just seek me first and just trust that I'll take care of you. You will have all that you need. Um, I love the New Living Translation. It says, um, "If you seek me first, I will gladly give. I will gladly give them to you if you give me first place in your life." And that just um, it totally illustrates how when we seek Him first as just who He is, it's just it's a trust effort to um, believe Him that He will provide everything us or provide everything to us according to His time. Um, in grade school, what I was seeking first was not anything with the Lord. Um, it was just friendships to find a connection with people that are around me. And um, I didn't care if they were foolish or not. I mean, I know scripture says um, to not be friends with fools. And to, um, is it Psalm 100 or Psalm 1, to stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers? I didn't care. I mean, as long as they were a good time, I enjoyed being with them. But thank you, God, that in third grade there was a shift, and I ended up moving schools, and I went to North Heights Christian Academy. Anybody is familiar with that school? Yay, Naomi. (laughs) And in fourth grade, I officially asked Jesus into my heart, but um, even there, I mean, years down the road, I became really close friends with people that just had a very, very horrible influence on me. Um, We just did incredibly ungodly things. I took habits of bullying. We'd tag team, and we would bully on this one um, specific girl. And thank God I've actually had an opportunity to meet with her again and ask for her forgiveness. And um, 
I mean, that was a God thing. That was um, through Harvest Project, or I did it during Harvest Project. But, um, and she was very gracious, and she said, Sarah, I don't even think what you did to me that was that bad. I'm like, we were awful to you. So God was able to provide a full circle for forgiveness to that girl that um, I used to bully. So, um, but then God stepped in again, and he broke up bad friendships that I was in. And um, high school came around, and not only was I seeking first just, you know, close friendships or relationships with someone, um, I was desiring, like, a more permanent, like, partner relationship. Um, During high school, I had two extensive surgeries where um, I had long periods of recovery time, and um, (laughs) I had a lot of just time on my own feeling like isolated, lonely, like, why aren't more people checking up on me? Hmm, you know, where are um, the people visiting? So it just, it led to, like, deep feelings of isolation and loneliness and, like, questioning my value. And um, during this recovering time, there was kind of a door that opened to habits of just, like, TV watching and movie watching extensively, Um, and specifically what I would love is any movie or show that, like, told some romantic, like, embellished love story, because I'd be like, oh, you know, what if that happened to me someday, or, um, like, boy, look at how he looks at that girl, or, like, why can't I be beautiful like her, and wouldn't that be sweet if I could ever have some, like, really just, like, passionate real love story for myself and what you end up doing is you compare your life to what you see and it ended up just being like a habit of um me like just escaping my reality of how I felt about myself and I would just um like escape into whatever I was watching and um this became a habit I mean I'm saying like hours upon hours of just like just doing this all the time and it was extremely unhealthy as you can imagine um so during these high school years I was seeking just and like yearning for like some love relationship first because I was listening to what the world was telling me that I needed in my life to be happy um so then college came along and all these desires are still there but um Now looking back, I see the Lord kind of had um, the world crumble around me. I was really questioning my major that I was studying for three years. Um, My roommates around me were um, just totally rejecting me. Like they would talk about the plans I did with each other on the weekends um, with me being right there. And I had no clue that they even had anything planned. And at work, my boss would ignore me and talk to the my coworkers like all the time. So there's just feelings of like I was off on the sidelines, looking in at everybody else who seemed to be having it all together. And um, all that being said, I feel like the Lord was purposefully letting me be very dissatisfied with my current life situation and feeling very frustrated that I cannot control all these different aspects in my life. And like I said, I was listening to what the world said that a 20-something-year-old should have at that point in my life, and I didn't have those things, so I felt way less than what I should have. And... um 
I was not basing my identity also on what scripture says about who I am. So what do you have? You have a person who feels extremely frustrated and angry that your life isn't looking the way that you want it to look. And the way you want it to look is how the world tells you that um, it needs to look. So um, I became very just frustrated. I started to question, you know, what would people even notice me if I wasn't even here? Um, I wonder if people would even like care to wonder. And um, I, my cry to help was me calling my mom and saying, you know, I'm just going to drop out of school. I don't care if I have a year left. Um, I'm just going to work for a year. But on the inside, I <laughs> was just struggling with every single aspect of my life because I couldn't control it and make it look the way I wanted it to. Um, and my mom saying, or her response to me, not knowing I was struggling with all these internal issues, she said, Sarah, you know, uh, Paul Anderson has a school called the Harvest Project. And, um, you know, it's for young adults like you who are questioning, like, what they want to do with their life, and they can decide what God's calling is and what their purpose is. And at first I was like, "Mm, no, that's, no, Paul Anderson. I mean, it'd just be a bunch of, like, holy roller, like, skinny jean coffee drinkers, like, in their beanie caps. No, 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 I'm not going to fit in there. And, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and because um, I knew Paul did Harvest Project, and, like, Naomi would come over for sleepovers and Cars too a few times, like, early 2000s, but that was about it. Um, but, like, I saw my parents, like, in that lifestyle, but, like, me in that lifestyle, uh-uh, no, that's just not, not at all I, what I could see myself doing. So I said, no thanks, Mom. But then this verse, Matthew 6, 33, it was one of those verses that just, it would come up, like, left and right. I would hear it. I would see it. People would, like, text it to me or email it to me. And um, it was just a reminder. Like, Jesus is saying, you know, pagans try to attain everything on their own. But if you just seek me first, then just I'm going to give all this to you. Like, trust that I'm going to provide this to you. So, um at first, I mean, it wasn't just an easy, like, okay, like, I met with Paul, I drilled him with questions, I wanted to find out if the school was legit or not, um, but um, that was, so, that was August of 2013, when the kickoff retreat was, and that was my first time of actually, like, taking a step forward and saying, all right, God, my agenda clearly isn't giving me any joy, any sense of fulfillment, or um, purpose. So Lord, I'm going to seek you first and, um, praise God. I mean, that was just a huge, huge breakthrough time. Is Becca here? Shout out to Becca Alex. She was the first one that made me feel welcome. Tell her I I said that. I mean, I, I, I didn't know anybody. Um, I mean, Naomi was already up at the cabin and I remember Cars was there too, but Becca was out here in the driveway and I loaded up her car and I drove out with her and you're Greek? You like my big fat Greek wedding movie? I love that movie. But anyway, so, <laughs> right, that was the conversation, basically. Um, anyway, so, and then when we were in the retreat, I had my first panic attack in my life. Tell me that isn't the enemy trying to, like, trip me out, knowing that my life would be forever changed. Um, but we all shared our testimonies. No one was a holy roller. We all came from different <laughs> spots, right, Becca? Alum, woo! Yeah. <laughs> But really, I mean, everyone, I totally felt comfortable with everybody there is what I'm saying. 
So, um, so during those nine months when I was in the Harvest Project, which was a night school that met here at Paul's, um, one of the very first teachings that Paul gave was how to view God as our Father. And I don't know if you remember, you told this story of when Karis was a little girl and she was walking down the stairs and you said, Dad, or something, and your heart just, like, melted. Like, you stopped what you were doing and when when she came to you. And that just, that clearly, that still stuck with me. I mean, like, the thought that just that God would be so enlightened and so like overwhelmed with affection just when he hears our voice, just when we call him dad, when we call him papa, that um, that just was a total breakthrough moment for me. So that led to quiet time with the Lord for the first time. And um, it was me sitting in my room with the door closed and just talking to God, just like he's there, like as a dad. And then I would journal whatever I felt like I heard or I felt. Granted, I've, I've never had quiet time before, but um, I felt like the what the Lord was saying to me in one of my earliest quiet times was, Sarah, I want to be your greatest love story of your life. And um, which um, totally it was just like he's just he was shining his light in like the deepest like crevices of my heart and um, just revealing himself and who he is and just, like, meeting every single part of me, which I am so, so grateful for. Um, so when um, when the Lord told me that, at first I felt sort of like, what? How? I mean, Jesus, you're there. I'm here. What what does that look like? And because um, all, of, all of my life, I would think that the most important relationship I would have would one day be with a guy. And I'm not diminishing, like, the value of a husband or a spouse or anything. But um, I substituted a desire, my desire for Jesus, with a natural desire of my heart for a spouse. And you can't substitute anything for Jesus. So um, the Lord was just saying, like, Sarah, I want to be your greatest love story. And then this sounds crazy, but he gave me, like, a plethora of reasons and like I became starving for scripture and then with that verses came to back it up so like Jesus just reminded me that the only relationship that will last forever is with me so choose your time wisely kind of a thing um his love endures forever is all psalm 96 ends with that um no one else can be with you at all times. Like, not even the most ardent human lover can be with you every single second of every day. Like, the Lord can. And Deuteronomy 31.6 edifies that. Um, my soul finds rest in God alone, Psalm 62.1. So only the Lord will satisfy the core of who I am. The only part of me, the only part of you that will last forever will be satisfied in the Lord. That's Psalm 62. Um, and I have called you by name. You are mine. I love that one. That's Isaiah 43, 1. And um, this was right when the royal wedding was happening. So, you know, Will and Kate, all that buzz that that got. And, I mean, you would think of once Kate is chosen by Will, if you will, excuse my analogy, but it's true, though. I mean, she's getting all that comes with being royalty, even though she never was royalty by blood. The second he chooses her out of everybody else, she becomes a royal, and she gets all that comes with it, all the perks, all the security, 
all of the the lifestyle she gets it she is equal to him and he's gonna make sure that she gets it too so um i mean picture that times infinity when it comes to god how he chose you and called you by name and wants you to be part of his own wants you to be a part of his family and it's just it's mind-blowing when you think about it that um we get to be a part of the eternal kingdom like the king of the universe the one that no one is higher than calls you by name and wants you to be a part of his family it gives me goosebumps anyway <laughs> so um yeah so then paul's also said like when you come to know the lord your values change that's exactly what was happening to me um over these next few months and um i got like a bird's eye view of what my life was looking like before harvest project before i actually started to seek jesus first and my priorities began to shift things that i wanted no longer do i um i mean it's just remarkable when you think about how Jesus took something that I would desire and I would yearn for in those days or I would just like long for a relationship or, you know, some like really embellished, corny, like love story. And did I know they were corny when I was watching those videos? Heck yes. But did I care? No. I mean, because it totally played off of my emotions. And I asked the Lord later on, like, why was I obsessed with those really dramatic stories and he's like sarah because they played off of your emotions and you know what the human heart desires is for a love story but it it hurts my heart when people think that a human can replace who jesus is in their heart but anyway so um right after um the harvest project ended as jesus promised in his words that he would provide he did right away i got a job at the y Sure of you why, which I, I saw cars a few hours ago in the parking lot as I was leaving. <laughs> and I get to pay with the Anderson, or I get to play with the Anderson grandbabies. I mean, I get paid to, yes, well, them too. But it's just funny how God has things lined up like that. And then right after that, um, in the fall, God provided again with my first year as a special ed para in a local high school. So, I mean, God was just totally true to his word when you take that step out and seek him first. And he revealed more of who he was to me and what I desired in my heart and um, provided just like he said he would. But um, as Jesus was, like, touching all the nooks and crannies of my heart and the desires in my heart, the enemy came and kind of tested those sensitive areas that Jesus just started to work on. Um... And that fall, um, my fidelity to Jesus was about to be tested by a new relationship. Um, It started out just as a relationship, but it grew into something that I just couldn't stop thinking about. I started um, to let my heart get, like, too excited whenever I saw this person. Um, I let my sense of worth come from, like, how they interacted with me or how they saw me. Um, how they were around me and I slowly and gradually started to let my first sense of belonging of security of companionship um, and fulfillment come from something other than Jesus and um, see you can you can physically be pure 
but you can spiritually be a prostitute because you let your heart go to places that it shouldn't to something other than Jesus. And um, you can physically not have any idols or statues in your life, but spiritually you can be an idolater when you consistently think and live and serve something other than Jesus. And that was the case with me. Um, And mind you, this was a very gradual time where I let my heart go and just drift in places where I shouldn't have. Um, And I started to take delight in someone more than I would Jesus. And I sought this person for that sense of um, fulfillment and belonging before I did Jesus. And um, I came across Revelations 2-4 where Jesus um, is talking to the church in Philly and he's saying, you know, you are doing this and this and this right, but you have forsaken your first love. And um, that just completely destroyed me and wrecked me. And um, I just, I also came across... um, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. That's Song of Songs. It's said three different times in that book. And um, before I knew it, I just I felt convicted. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit to um, convict us. And um, at first, it was hard because I didn't know how I was going to call off this relationship. Um, I was even apprehensive of how they would take it. Um, but then <clears throat> I, I just chose that, you know, whom shall I fear? I'm just going to be honest and say, you know, I have to call it quits. This isn't feeling right for me anymore. And I wanted to part ways. And, um, I mean, thank God it was fine. Um, but still, I can't tell you the amount of heartache and tears and um, just how many times I asked forgiveness for Jesus just for letting my heart go and get just get caught up in something that it shouldn't have. But then I also can't tell you how many times Jesus reminded me that I am his spotless bride and that he never changes. His love never changes. He always has perfect fidelity. Um, He is perfect fidelity. He is always faithful. So, and his heart is never unwavering to any of us. Thank God. (laughs) So now we can love him in return just as we were made to. And when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Amen. And um, again, this year, the enemy tried to come at me again with just more distractions. And praise God, I was just able to, like, just say no to the enemy. I mean, it was with another person. But I did. I said, Lord, I don't want to fall in the same foolishness that I did earlier. Um, and sometimes you really just have to talk to the enemy and say, like, I see what you're doing. This is getting old. And you have to, like, put him in his place, like, Paul said when the pressure comes on, you know, that's when you really know what is on the inside. So when the enemy tries to come on and bring you down in your weak areas and you know what they are, obviously, I mean, you just got to, instead of like a Z-snap, just do like a cross-snap. Like, uh uh-uh. Like, you lost at the cross. You know what I mean? Just whatever you got to do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) David's feeling that. So it's Jesus. So, um, yeah, just being unashamed of of the fact that Jesus already won at the cross. So just, I mean, kick the enemy in the teeth and just tell him he lost already. Yeah. So um, 
So today I feel like the Holy Spirit has just been reminding me just to keep aiming for fidelity to Jesus because when Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for hearts that have been faithful to him. And um, Jesus said in Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And I know when I... Um, when Jesus comes, or maybe it's when we go to heaven, Jesus will ask, will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I just um, want to encourage us to have a heart that's faithful to Jesus. And um, really, he's leaving his father's side because you are worth him coming back for. He's coming back for you. You are the one that he died on the cross for. Um for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And Mike Smith from Redeeming Love has said that that joy is you. He did that for you so that you can have that everlasting love relationship with him. So um, seek him first. Have a heart that's faithful to him. I want to show a f- real quick clip um, that shows a really, really good um, analogy of what faithfulness is like to Jesus. Emma. These past seven months have been incredible. And I mean, honestly, when I saw you seven months ago, I knew, I knew from that moment that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. You're kind, beautiful, smart. I, I can't picture a more perfect woman. So, Emma, Lily Thompson, Will you marry me? Yes, 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 yes. I have to see other guys on the side, but yes. Wait, what? Uh, what other guys? What, what are you talking about? I'm the perfect woman. Just like you said, I'm going to have gourmet meals for us every single night. Our house is going to be perfect. Oh, it's going to be amazing, babe. And I mean, you don't really expect me to be a one-man kind of woman anyway. Uh, no, that's actually like a, a, a big part of marriage. Like... You and me, together. Yeah, but I can't give up every guy. I mean, that's asking a little much, don't you think? A, a little... A little... I just asked you to marry me. If we're married, you can't see anyone else. That, that No, that, that's... Babe, not, wait. Okay, I'm, okay I'm shh. It's okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You're right. I was wrong. Thank I you. totally understand where you're coming from. This is our moment. And we're going to be so happy together. Every single day, except once a week. Well, uh, once a week? Okay. What, just no. a fling, once a did week. You, did you not listen to anything Every other I just year? said? No. On a what? leap year? No. Okay, okay. Emma, I, 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 can't, I, I can't. Once a week on a leap year, and you're going to freak out? Emma, we're, we're done. What? Babe, you were just asking me to marry you. Are you kidding me? Seriously? All right, it was funny. It's meant to be funny. But can I ask an honest question? I don't want anybody being funny right now. Would you really marry somebody like that? Never. Why? Because she, she may be a perfect wife. He may be a perfect husband. Let's just talk about why. She may be the perfect wife. 
because she's still got those other guys in her heart, even if it is once a year. Now, you would never marry someone like that. What makes you think Jesus is coming back for a bride? It's just the same. Give me just a little bit of the world. If you really believe that, you're as deceived as somebody that would marry a person like that. I'm going to show you the final words tonight that I want to show you, and that's the words of Jesus. He said it right out of his mouth. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Why do we want him to be real to us? Because you can never be changed unless you're beholding him, unless you're in his presence. Christianity without the presence of God is just religion. It may be relevant religion, but it's religion because you're not being changed. The only way you can change is to get into his presence. He's the one that changes us. And you can't get into his presence. And you can't get in to his presence if you're flirting with another lover, namely the world. Thank you. Powerful, right? Powerful analogy. Um, it's just, it's... Uh, like cold water in the face reminder about um, that total seeking Jesus first as your first love. You're, you're, I mean, you're making a covenant with him, and we want to have that unabiding fidelity with him and to his heart. Um, so what does it look like to have fidelity to Jesus in the time in between, like between now and when we see him face to face one day? Um, number one, be faithful in the little moments, the, the subtle thoughts that enter your mind. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, um, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Number two, throw off everything and anything that would hinder or come in between you and Jesus because ultimately it's lesser than Jesus anyway. Um, I had to call quits with that relationship that I just got too intertwined in. And um, however much you make room for Jesus is however much he's going to be in your life. Um, I mean, he's a... Sorry, I'm going to turn the light on again. Jesus is a gentleman, and he doesn't go where he's not welcomed. And, um, I mean, we have free will. And if we don't open up all of who we are to him, then um, that's how much we limit him. So however much you make room for Jesus in your life is however much um, he'll be in your life. And make room and clear whatever is first in your heart so that Jesus can reside there. Um, number three, lastly, be conscious of what you spend your time thinking about and what you delight yourself in. Because remember, we can physically be pure, but spiritually be an adulterer or um, an idolater also. So um, we're going to have prayer time in just a little bit. Um, but right now, 
um, I want you just to close your eyes and just individually um, just ask the Lord if there's anything that's getting in the way between you and him. Um, if, if not, if you feel like you are in a really great place with the Lord, awesome. And then just, I mean, ask him to highlight how you can be more faithful to him and even the, the little areas of your life or um, how we can press in more and get to fall in love with his heart more and more. So I'm going to give us just a minute, um, just act like it's you and Jesus and ask him to highlight what areas of your heart he can get out of the way so that he can reside there. Real quick to wrap up the night, um, I want to just play one more video. It's actually a, a song, a love song, where Jesus is singing about what he went through just to be with us, just so that he could be with us. And um, it's just a very powerful um, love song where he shares what he's willing to do so that one day um, he can be together with us forever in eternity and what he went through so that we can have um, the only everlasting relationship that we'll ever have.
There is nothing that Jesus would not do to be with you. He was willing to go through that, and that was just a glimpse of everything that he went through on that day, just so that you and I can have a relationship with him forever. And he he loved us first before we even knew him, and he chose to pay our debt, what you and I should have gone through. He didn't want to watch us suffer and go through that very same thing. So thank you, Jesus, that you were so faithful, faithful to us from the very beginning. And now we can choose to be faithful to you, Father. Show us how we can live to seek you first, how we can live a life that reflects that we seek you first as our first love, as our first companionship, as our first relationship, as our our best friend, and as the only the only thing that matters, Jesus, only you will remain in the end. Thank you, Jesus, for enduring the cross just to be with us so that we can have an everlasting relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for your perfect love and your fidelity to us always. Now we get to love you in return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now um, we were done early, so we can break up into groups. Um, you guys, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Real talks. I mean, we're all friends here, right? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Very poor 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I mean, I'm not saying I got it all together either. I mean, it's it's a it's a journey. It's a work in progress. But thank God for for grace and um, His love never changes. And like wherever we're at, we that was um, part of my flaw originally was I felt like I had to get my life together before I could go to Jesus. And that's a lie from the enemy that I feel like so many people just to believe because they don't know any better which breaks my heart when you think about it but I mean just just as you are while we were still sinners Christ did that because he loved you just beyond our human minds can comprehend so yes it's meant to be a heart issue also <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 amen Thank you, Robin. Mm-hmm. Source of love and hope. Yeah. It's the story of Jesus. It's the gospel story. I love it. Jim Anderson. On that. He talks about that in regards to reach the um, young group, the young adults, how, how they're hurting in society and how they're how they're so broken down from father's love. That that's how we should actually be teaching the young teaching and talking and discipling people, talking first about love and hope, then talking about skin, but then bring it back and talk about redemption. That's how you actually bring back the heart because so many people are broken on it that when you um, when you actually just go and talk about sin, it brings it triggers up so much memories that they just get lost in that whole that mm-hmm. thought process and it just breaks them down and can't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Amen. There you go. <laughs> God's good. It's wonderful to hear how God satisfies the longing mm-hmm. of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. We all have that longing, and it can be met and married, but ultimately it's than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally just like turn on his flashlight in my heart and like, yep, that right there, Sarah. You see, what you really want is me in that area. And I fulfill that more than what the world says you need in that area. So, yeah. I remember yep. interviewing her. <laughs> She didn't try to impress me. She asked straight on questions. That's a good thing. But you can be free to be who you are and to be honest. That's when God can work in your life. Mm-hmm. When you are truthful, God gives you grace. When you're not truthful, you can't come to the place of grace because it's too universal. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm blessed by a man. I'm very blessed. Yeah, I'm very blessed. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God is good. God is good. God is good. Sweet. Amen. Amen. Hey, Jess. Welcome, Jess. <laughs> what do you feel, Nate? Prayer time? Um, we can break up into small groups briefly, and then you guys can hit the road. I mean, however you feel led. No pressure, no no guilt, nothing. But um, uh, people know how to get there. You know, yeah. Arden Hill, great plan if you do not know. Okay. Turn on your phone, open up a map. <laughs> <laughs> North Heights. Go north. Go north on Snelling. It turns into Hamlin. Yeah. It's right there. Yep. <laughs> left, left, left. Snelling turns into Hamlin, so it's a straight shot. <laughs> 